Reminds Isaiah, uh, the great prophet Isaiah. Um, uh, he lived in a time where uh, his country uh, had seen much hardship and they had grown greatly discouraged. So in our reading, we hear the prophet urge the people to take courage and not to be afraid um, because God is coming with his vindication and uh, he will right all that has been wrong to them. St. James um, puts forth that uh, for us Christians, there should be no distinction in class or race or tongue. Simply put, there is no place for that amongst Christians. Our gospel tells us of the cure uh, that happens by Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And uh, Mark is very good to uh, show the response of faith of the Gentiles and contrast it sharply in the paragraphs to come with that of the many of his own kinfolk who could care less about Jesus and what he was doing. The miracle is uh, the only cure in the Gospels that is described as taking place gradually. And uh, Mark does this as an illustration uh, to show how faith must grow. Uh, and that happens, of course, with every Christian after baptism and continues on. In that first reading, the prophet, he's telling of, about a vision, a dream uh, of a time where the eyes of the blind will be opened and deaf would hear, and the tongues of those who could not speak would sing. It was intended, of course, to bolster hope uh, for the people, a hope that uh, they would have uh, their country and their ability to do whatever they pleased in worshiping God. It was a restoration of their nation. And the prophet compares the elation uh, the exiles will experience on returning home to that of a blind man who sees for the first time and to a deaf person who hears for the first time and for a person who could not speak, who is able to finally speak to the one that he loves. With great joy, we can understand these things. Centuries later, the Jews believed similar signs would signal the coming of the Messiah, the Anointed One. So St. Mark, of course, uses these Old Testament understandings and appoints it, appropriates it, the curing of the deaf man with the speech impediment to Jesus. And St. Mark does so both as the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy and as a sign of the beginning of the messianic times. This is the time, Jesus said, the kingdom of God is at hand, not will be coming. He said it is here now. Throughout his gospel, St. Mark likewise continues to show that what Isaiah had foretold, what Isaiah had dreamed about, that Jesus fulfilled in person, literally. In the passage for today, Jesus restores the man's hearing and speech. And before this event, Jesus cures the paralytic in Capernaum in Bethsaida. And each of the miracles, as we call them, provided evidence that the kingdom of God was breaking forth in that moment upon the earth in the very person of Jesus, of Nazareth. And what Isaiah could only dream of and long for, Jesus delivers. The people said of Jesus, he has done all things well. 
And for you who study the Old Testament, you will know where this comes from, from the book of Genesis. And it was in reference to God's handiwork in creation. God created the worlds and the heavens, and he found that it was good. God did everything well, is what Genesis tells us. The gospel story today, we are told the people were astonished at his healing. There are a few reasons why uh, they were astonished. And although the understanding of the prophecy by Isaiah should be the very top of the list, it is not. The first reason is that Jesus did the miracle in Gentile territory. The Decapolis is Gentile. The other ones, them, as they would have said. Jesus is doing the miracle there. And my friends, this district of Decapolis uh, was Phoenician pagan territory. So that Jesus would heal there is just madness to them. And uh, in doing this, Jesus dispels the distinction between Jews and Gentiles regarding God's grace and blessing and love. Remember, the Gentiles were told that God hated them, did not love them, could care less about them. So Jesus came to dispel that. Last week, Jesus dispels the distinction between clean and unclean food, the contention between Jews and Gentiles. So in this, we see the telling that grace is available to all people. The second reason the people said he did all things well was because of this illusion that we understand found in Genesis. And thus that means Jesus is undoing the brokenness, the sinfulness uh, that happened uh, through Adam and Eve. And my friends, remember in Jesus' time, illness was often thought of as a direct sign of sin by the person, uh, certainly the presence of Satan and his power over them. So Jesus is dispelling of it, and taking and healing shows that he has authority over all things. And Satan is not a problem for him. So the people said of Jesus what Genesis said of God. He has done all things well. Third, a deaf and mute person was considered to be severely afflicted such a person could not hear the word of God. They didn't read back then, only the highly educated and wealthy. So he could not understand the word of God because he could not hear it. Furthermore, because he could not speak, he could not praise God. Thus the person severely afflicted was not only physically done this way, but spiritually. Jesus' healing allows the man to function then completely physically and religiously, which was important then and is now. People began to speak, this must be him, is it not? However, we are told that Jesus takes the man away from the crowd to cure him because that crowd was unbelieving. And in the absence of faith, Jesus, uh, I don't even know how to put it right because it doesn't sound right, but Jesus found it difficult to enact those cures upon them. Not a problem with Jesus. It's not a problem with him. It's a problem with the people. So he takes the man away from them. 
to speak to him and to do what is necessary, that single eye-to-eye contact with him, if you will. Finally, St. Mark's Gospel, um, those healed by Jesus remained behind in their area so that they could give witness to Jesus and his teachings about the Father in heaven. As always, the gospel accounts are recorded not just for the purpose of good stellar, you know, storytelling, but uh, that we might become confident in the Holy One of God, this Jesus of Nazareth. The accounts are recorded not only to tell us the story of Jesus, but to strengthen our faith and to elicit a response from us about it. My friends, uh, people are often very curious about why did Jesus tell them not to say anything? Well, uh, there's five classic reasons, but I want to give you one that maybe will be kind of funny, but that will maybe be very practical for you. In Jesus' time, there were charlatans and magicians and scam artists, and uh, now the young folks won't understand this, but the people who sold snake oil, fake cures, and they relied on word of mouth. Now go and tell everyone that I healed you. So Jesus wanted to disassociate himself from all that foolishness. So he would tell them, don't say one word what I've done. Because all the other ones, and I wouldn't be surprised, it's not in the scriptures, but I wouldn't be a bit surprised after Jesus did some of those healings that those scam artists we're friends with jesus he taught us how to do this make sure you go and tell everybody (laughs) so i'm hoping this one will be more practical make more sense to you as to why maybe jesus would do this now of course we're told that they didn't listen to him (laughs) people don't listen to him today um, mostly Uh, but they didn't listen to him on that and they went and testified Friends, the, the miracles, uh, yes, they show the compassion of God the Father about illness and, and heartbreak in our world, but uh, they were signs so that people would believe Jesus and follow him. And so much is made of miracles and, and okay. But in Jesus' time, there were so many that received miracles from him. He, he, he cured people. He brought people back from the dead. Uh, he spoke about love. <laughs> That's a miracle. And all those people took that, and they experienced it, and they wanted it. But when he went on the cross, they weren't there. <laughs> they weren't there. All those people who experienced healing from him and his love and his grace and his forgiveness, they weren't there. So it makes me wonder, what then is lasting if not that? And it's found in the stories of the Acts of the Apostles. Those men and women who testified on behalf of Jesus Christ without seeing and experiencing and were martyred. They followed him on the path of the cross. So, it worked then. It will work today. 
you are his disciples. And one of the greatest signs and symbols and miracles are your testimony to his love and to his mercy and to his grace. And that is how he desires it. There are miracles today and there are loquitions where heavenly things speak to people and uh, we have all kinds of sites where people can go. And people go and we pray that their faith will it'll elicit a response and they will grow. But so much of the world still disbelieves. So you must step up and be that disciple to walk in the path of the apostles from the beginning and to testify in his behalf. It wasn't easy for them. It will not be easy for you. But you will gain for him, our Lord and Savior, many souls if you do this. I absolutely believe it. So let us be about that. Okay? Next week, we will celebrate St. Nicholas of Tolentino. Now, we can't have our annual festival. Uh, all right. We still celebrate them. We'll still, I'll bless the bread. We'll have that. We'll have the medals. We'll have a, we're going to have a great time. And we look forward, and just as I say, do not be afraid. Do not worry. He is coming. Maybe we'll celebrate with great festivity and music St. Nicholas of Tolentino next year at this time. We'll see.